Welcome back into the Sports Mix Podcast. As I'm Thomas, and I am back here with you for the 16th episode. Here on uh, January 19th, I guess, uh, we'll be breaking down the January 18th information around the sports world um, as it's 1230 here in Minnesota. If you guys haven't already, make sure you hit up the Instagram page at Sports Mix Podcast. Um, along with my other Cubs page at the Cubs Wave. I'd appreciate a follow on both uh, pages. As you know, we're trying to grow the community of sports, um, you know, tying everything together. But as for today, um, personally, I watch a ton of college basketball. Um, you know, I had quite a few bets going. Uh, not so much the NBA as later in the day I went to church with my family, you know, had dinner. How to you know help my neighbor or something help my neighbor excuse me with something technology related um and so I didn't see a whole lot of the NBA obviously we'll be breaking it down uh, you know, I'll be breaking it down as uh, as good as I can um but we're gonna start with college basketball um and the first game today which I had Baylor at minus six and a half against Oklahoma State and they damn near made me. Um, just so, a nervous wreck in this one as Baylor, the second team in the country, went on the road to play Oklahoma State, a team that entered the day 0-4 in the Big 12. Um, Baylor undefeated 4-0 in the Big 12, only having lost one game all season, with that being their second game of the year against Washington. So, you know, Baylor... Pretty legit team, obviously second in the country, but they were down nine at the end of the first half. Um, and something I noticed, this Isaac uh, Lekeek, I don't even know how to say it. I'm going to butcher it. Lekeekly, um for Oklahoma State, this dude is strong. Um, and he really kept the Cowboys in this one. However, um, you know, Baylor really pulled away in the second half as uh, their sharpshooter, Devontae Bandu, uh, shot 4-6 from deep. And um, Baylor and Scott Drew especially, um, you know, got his team coming out strong in the second half. But even still, you know, it was it was a good 6-8 to eight point lead for the Cowboys until about, I'd say, 8-10 minutes left in the game when they went on like a 15-2 run or something like that. And um, they ended up actually covering thanks to a steal late in the game. Got me some extra free throws for my number. Um, but Baylor shocked in this one against Oklahoma State a little bit. However, they overcame it. Um, and, you know, they stayed calm and collected. But next up, they're going to play Oklahoma, who's 3-2 and two in the conference. That'll be back on their home court. Um, before having to travel to Florida, um, obviously if that'll be the SEC Big Twelve challenge um, next week. You know, a Florida team that is just beat Auburn. Um, I, we don't know really how good Auburn is since they haven't beaten anyone <clears throat> or even played anyone. I don't believe in the top twenty-five. Um, but we'll get to that game later on. Anyways, for this one, Baylor. Did barely just cover that number and almost got stunned over in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Next, we had uh, the aforementioned Auburn Tigers just getting absolutely slapped by Florida 
as Omar Payne dropped 19 points for Florida, and they really came to play defensively. Whether it was their defense or or Auburn just not shooting well, um, Auburn you know just fourteen of fifty five from the field for a twenty five percent mark, four of twenty three from three, seventeen percent from three, and um, they got out rebounded by fifteen boards. Florida just took it to them here. I actually had Auburn at, um, I want to say the line in this one was Auburn like minus two. No, it was Florida minus two and a half. So I was like, oh, well, I'm for sure hopping on that Auburn number because, you know, this is a team in Auburn who was 15-0 and just a few days ago. They got killed by Alabama. And then facing a Florida team that uh, lost to Mizzou uh, earlier in the year, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago. Yeah, last week. Um, I just thought that, you know, Auburn, like, why would that number be so low? But then you just have to think, like, once these games start, especially today, like these underdogs at home really came out to play, um, and Florida is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but Auburn really disappointed me. They got smoked. They lost by twenty two in this game, and like I said, they haven't really played anyone all year. Um, their biggest test will come against Kentucky uh, in a couple weeks on the first of February, along with um, hosting Alabama, a team obviously they just lost to. Um, a couple weeks into February. But other than that, I mean, yeah, they'll play Kentucky again later in the year. But the rest of their schedule is pretty light. So this is a team in Auburn that you could see them highly ranked going into March Madness. Obviously, a team, a team that will be, you know, probably a top four seed, I would imagine, unless they really implode. Um, much like we saw Ohio State, you know, do. But I mean, I, this team is different than Ohio State. But tonight, they just, or today, I should say, um, they got dominated against the Gators. Next up, we have Butler. Another upset um, in this game as DePaul, a team that hadn't won a game in the conference. They did start the year red hot. I want to say they were, let's see, 1, 2, 3, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7. They were 9-0, and I believe, before losing to Buffalo, and actually 12-1. and Then they went on a four-game losing streak heading into this game with losses to St. John's, um, Providence did play a good game against Creighton today, and they only lost by one, so that's not really a terrible loss, but it was at home. But in this one, I guess a Butler team that, you know, comes in uh, having won, or no, having lost, sorry, to Seton Hall um, last game, I thought that, once again, that they were, there was a lot of value on that Butler number. Uh, They were just four-point favorites in this game. You know, as the number five seed, I should have known that something was up. But for a team that hadn't won any games in the conference, it just really didn't make any sense to me. But I think, you know, if you're betting on these games, that just goes to show that Vegas really does know something, considering Baylor as the two seed against an Oklahoma State team, um, being only a six-point favorite, and then Butler being only a four-point favorite. I should have really known that. But uh, big man Paul Reed... Had a great game. He had 23 points. And this one just, I mean, Butler or DePaul was up by 10 at half. I was thinking, you know, eventually Butler would come back. But it just seemed like nothing. They couldn't get really anything going besides um, Kamar Baldwin, their guard, as he had dropped 16 points. And, you know, Butler falls to 3-2 and two in the conference. You know, back-to-back losses. A huge W for DePaul. You know, I think they're a team that could still get in the tournament. If they can string a couple wins together, they'll play Creighton next at home on the same court. 
and they lost to Villanova uh, the prior game in uh, overtime, I believe, by four points. So, you know, if they can beat Creighton, maybe steal a game, another game against, uh, they have two against Creighton, one against Nova, and then another against Butler on the road. If they can win just one or two of those, even just one, and then take care of business against some other teams that they're close to in the Big East, at least talent-wise, that's a team that could still get into uh, March Madness after starting their conference play 0-4. Speaking of Providence and Creighton, uh, Creighton held on in this one as they trailed late in the game, but Tyshawn Alexander dropped 24 points to negate. Um, David Duke, 36-point outing for Providence as um Creighton who's you know back into the top 25 uh had Marcus Zagorowski hit the tie-breaking three-pointer uh with about 3 seconds left and you know Creighton had a comeback victory late in the game after you know Providence definitely gave him a scare Providence this is a team that's now 4 and 2 in the conference but um you know they played Butler hard they beat Marquette on the road which is a good win and that DePaul wins looking better and better, especially because it was on the road Look, when looking at their resume. But talk about a tough schedule now for the Friars. Their next four games include at Seton Hall versus Villanova, at Butler, and then versus Creighton again. That'll be on their home floor. So I think this is the part of the schedule that really makes or breaks Providence's season. Obviously, they have two more big games against uh, Seton Hall and Villanova later in the year. But... Um, these five games, I guess I should say, including the Creighton one today, uh, if they can win a couple of those, then this is another team that should find themselves in the NCAA tournament come March. Um, speaking of the NCAA tournament and a team that typically chokes in it, uh, the Duke Blue Devils lost to Louisville. Uh, number three Duke hosted number 11 Louisville, and Louisville continues to prove that they're you know a for real title contender after beating Duke by six points at Cameron Indoor. Their schedule gets easier most definitely uh, pretty much for the rest of the year as the only ranked team left on their schedule is Florida State as uh, the ACC is actually pretty weak this year. Um, They'll take on next uh, Georgia Tech at home, Clemson at home, at Boston College, at NC State, at home versus Wake Forest. This is a team that should be at least 19-3, 20-3, um, as we roll into the middle of February, and uh, I like their chances come March. You know, Louisville is just a team that's sound, and they led at halftime in this one by, I want to say, quite a decent margin. They were up 21 to 9 to start the game, and yeah, they were up 10 at half and kept that lead as, uh, you know, Cassius Stanley's 24 point and 11 rebound outing was quieted. And Louisville hung on down the stretch. Got to give them a lot of credit. Probably one of the tougher places to play, most definitely, at Cameron Indoor on the road in that game. Next up, we had uh, Kansas taking care of business against Texas. Honestly, I didn't see much of any of this game. Um, As Jericho Sims did have 20 points for Texas. But um, I guess it was a little bit of an upset alert as Texas led by five at half. You know, another game where you see these top 10 teams starting slow. Um, And a couple times, obviously the DePaul game and the Florida game today, uh, they weren't able to come back. But much like Baylor, uh, Kansas, you know, got their stuff together. 
and was able to beat Texas for their fourth Big 12 victory. San Diego State remains uh, undefeated, the only undefeated team in Division One right now as they're 19-0 after a 13-point W over Nevada. Uh, they did trail by two at halftime, but eventually outlasted the Wolfpack. Oregon against Washington, it was, this was a crazy game as Oregon was down, I want to say 16 points in the second half, something like that. And uh, besides Isaiah Stewart, the forward for Washington, uh, his great outing, 25 points, 19 boards, um, Peyton Pritchard, this dude, you know, Oregon fought all the way back, forced overtime, and then he hit the absolute dagger. I don't know if I can get how long or how uh, deep this three was, but if you go back and watch um, overtime, and especially obviously the last, uh, you know, couple seconds, Pritchard hit a three odd doesn't show me how deep it was with five seconds left it was probably at least five feet behind the three-point line at least a 30-footer contested he had 22 points as his game-winning three lifted Oregon in overtime this was really a W Oregon needed Um, after you know they lost to Washington State on the road by 11 that's a terrible loss for Oregon and also they lost that game to Colorado couple weeks back along with barely escaping Utah with a victory you know they've had a lot of close games and it was big for Oregon to come out on top um, against Washington and a tough tough game for Washington obviously they're probably not March Madness worthy um, you know with losses to teams like uh, UCLA Stanford and Cal but uh, and two and four in their conference in the Pac-12 but um, you know, a win like that could definitely propel a team's season. And it's too bad they couldn't convert after being up twelve at half. Next up, we had the Florida State Seminoles escaping Miami with a W. Uh, Miami, you know, stuck in there till the end. This game, another game, went into overtime as Devin Vassell or Vassell for Florida State, the guard, at twenty three and eleven rebounds. Florida State improves improves to six and one in the ACC, while Miami has had some tough losses um, recently. They got blew out obviously by Duke and Louisville, um, and then NC State last game beat them by seventeen. As uh, Larry Larry Naga's team uh, is just not playing well this year. Kentucky took care of business against Arkansas as Coach Calipari got tossed in that game. Kansas State with the uh, big upset W and in convincing fashion, uh, they, um, unlike Oklahoma State, were able to get their first win in the Big 12 over the ranked opponent in number 12 West Virginia by 16 points. Villanova beat UConn as UConn falls to 0-3 on the road this year. Houston with the upset in Wichita State over the Shockers by nine points. This Houston team is strong. They're four and one in the American Conference and a team that um, made it deep into the tournament, uh, I believe, <clears throat> last year. Or maybe that was me just picking them deep. I I can't quite remember, but um, they beat SMU last time out. They've beaten Washington this year when they were ranked at the time lost Oregon by 12 earlier in the season in their fourth game and uh, we should expect to see Houston in the tournament you know a nice resume building win here against the Shockers 
Maryland took care of business against Purdue in the Big Ten. Um, Seton Hall had a scare being down 13 against St. John's, a team that only won one game thus far in the Big East. But Seton Hall's record, their perfect record in the Big East with W's over um, Butler in Indiana, Marquette at home, and at DePaul. Uh, they're now 6-0 and in the conference. They'll play Providence next on their home court. And I'd expect them to move up in the rankings from 18th in the country. Colorado got smacked against unranked Arizona. Colorado obviously being 20th in the country. Uh, they lost by 21 in this one. as you know, That was just embarrassing as Arizona just dominated them. They earned that game for sure. Penn State with a victory over ranked 21 Ohio State. Beat them by 14 and we're up 15 at half. Um, a lot of points scored in the second half, but Lamar Stevens' 24 was too much for Caleb Wesson and company. Texas Tech handled a very underwhelming Iowa State team this year. Typically, we see Iowa State be a lot more competitive, but this year, uh, not so much. You know, They lost to TCU. Uh, they lost to that uh, Florida A&M team, who they were like 27-point favorites against. And uh, earlier in the year, they did... Uh, beat Seton Hall by 10, which just makes zero sense. But Iowa smacked them. Um, and actually, this is very odd. They played Seton Hall twice, which I'm not sure why that happened. But they lost by eight one time. They lost by, or the one by 10 the other time. And they actually hung in there against Michigan. They did, did beat Alabama as well. So um, Iowa State just hasn't been doing it recently, though, as they've dropped now five of their last six games. Um, with five of those games being in the Big 12, their only W over Oklahoma at home. Hopefully they can uh, get a W and get back to 500 on the season uh, with their next game being uh, at home against Oklahoma State, who hasn't won a game yet in the Big 12 at 0-5. Uh, we're getting to the end here as Illinois beat uh, Northwestern by score 75-71. to no, Northwestern did hang in there. They were down four at halftime. Um, but number 24, Illinois, outlasted them. As you know, you saw once again today in the Big Ten, the importance of playing at home. Uh, out of any conference in uh, college basketball, the Big Ten leads the winning percentage for the home team. Besides Nebraska, who's just an unworthy team right now um, and probably one of the worst teams in the Big Ten down there with Northwestern. We saw Illinois at home win, Penn State getting the W over ranked Ohio State, and then Maryland beating Purdue. Uh, that leads us to tomorrow where um, Minnesota will play at Rutgers at noon Central Time. Uh, Rutgers comes in as a five-point favorite, a team that hasn't lost yet at home, but uh, records are meant to be broken. And as a Gopher fan, I like the way we play, we're playing right now. With RDWs, I know Ohio State isn't you know as good of an opponent as we thought they were, but when we played them at the U, uh, Ohio State was third in the country. We've already beaten them. We should have won that Purdue game on the road. That was a joke. We beat Northwestern, and then um, beating Michigan and Penn State, you know, that Michigan W was huge, the comeback game in which Daniel scored. Daniel Turu, the forward, scored 30 points. Um, you know, the Gophers are quietly making themselves a tournament team in a year where they already lost Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffey coming into this year that you really didn't expect a whole lot from that team. At least I didn't. Um, and then the last game, Gonzaga 
you know, what's new? They're 20-1 and on the season, 6-0 and in the conference, as Killian Tilly had 22 points and 10 rebounds in that game over BYU with the 23-point W. Moving on to the NBA, uh, we're going to wrap things up now as Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers had a comeback victory in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Pelicans in the last 12 minutes by 11 points. Kawhi had 39, six boards and six assists to lead the way for the Clippers. Um, I did mention that their bench hasn't been playing well recently, but... um, you know, minus Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Well, Lou Williams did all he could could tonight, um, or I should say today, as this game was in the afternoon. He was second on the team with 32 points. Montrez Harrell with 24. But like I said, with the Clippers' peripheral players, I just am expecting a lot more from them if they want to go deep into the playoffs. You're going to need guys like Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, Pat Bev, um, and Rodney McCruder, sorry, to really step up. And the other thing that scares me about the Clippers is they don't really have a big man. I know that Harrell comes off the bench, but the fact that they have to start Ivica Zubac, and other than that, I mean, Jeff Green, Pat Patterson, none of that crap scares me. So I think that that's where their downfall is. Then again, you'd hope that they don't have to get a whole lot of offense considering they have Paul George and Kawhi. As for the other side of this game, Derek Favors is really playing some good basketball. He shot 100% from the field, 10 of 10. And uh, Jackson Hayes had a nice game off the bench for the Pelicans, but it wasn't enough down in New Orleans as the Clippers, surprisingly, are just 11 and 9 on the road this year. The Minnesota Timberwolves pulled another classic Timberwolves game, um, blowing their, uh, let's see here, their three... Seven. Their four-point lead at halftime as they got outscored by nine in the third and then five in the fourth to lose to the defending champions by ten points. Um, Fred Van Vliet was back from injury, and he showed that that rest really helped him, dropping 29 points. We did see a nice game finally out of Jarrett Culver, but I, you, know, you can't have Jarrett Culver shooting ten threes. I know he made four of them, but it's just not a winning formula, man. And playing 31 minutes of Jarrett Culver is just disgusting. Another thing that we haven't seen in recent years or any year leading up to this year for Wiggins is that, you know, a triple double. I don't know how many, I don't know how many triple doubles Wiggins has had in his career, but he had 18, 10, and 11 in this game, but uh Towns was off, you know, he shot 4 of 11, had 12 points as Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka did a nice job on him for the majority of the game in this one. Next up, we have Milwaukee taking care of business against Brooklyn. Um, Kyrie struggled, but Giannis had 29-12. And And, uh, Brooklyn, a team that I thought would be a lot better. Obviously, I didn't expect Kyrie to be injured um, coming into the year. But Dinwiddie had an off game, and Brooklyn lost by 20 in this one. Phoenix beat what seems to be a broken team, in my opinion, in Boston. Um, I don't know, something about the fact that Gordon Hayward can't make a wide-open layup is uh, disheartening, and they haven't played well at all in the last week. I shouldn't say a broken team, but um, I say that because the last week and a half, I guess I should say, last couple weeks, uh, losses to Washington, San Antonio on their home court, 
uh, Phoenix on their home court, Detroit on their home court, um, losing at Philly as they've lost all three games to Philly this season. I don't know. Something's up with Boston. I know that they didn't have Kemba tonight along with Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart did play lights out for them, but the defense was atrocious as they let Devin Booker go off for 39 points. And um, I do want to mention that Smart made 11 threes, but the dude shot 22 three-pointers. 22 three-pointers. It was a Celtics record, 11 three-pointers, but it's got to be a Celtics record for most attempted threes as well as, um, I don't know, I think they really do need a big man. Tice has give them, given them plenty of quality minutes along with Enos Canner. But I just don't think they play Canner enough, and I think Gordon Hayward's fairly expendable at this point, considering you know if they can get Jalen Brown healthy, they want to incorporate Grant Williams more into the rotation, and they still have Jason Tatum. Obviously, he was, um, or no, he was back for this game, but he's been injury riddled the last couple of games. Anyways, they let Mikel Bridges go off for twenty six points on ten of thirteen shooting, which just can't happen. And DeAndre Ayton had a nice game, even though it was a little inefficient, as he had 26 points at 15 boards. And Phoenix, um, after tr- after leading by 9 at half, almost blew it at the end. But like I said, Gordon Hayward blew it even more. Detroit absolutely throttled Atlanta. Um, Derrick Rose and Svee Mikhail Luke led the way for Detroit. D. Rose, I mean, this dude just won't stop playing b-ball. 27 points, 9 assists. Svee on the bench had 25 points on 9 of 11 shooting, which you're not going to see every day. And Atlanta, you know, later on, they just ended up sitting their starters as Trey Young didn't have it tonight from beyond the range and beyond the arc. Philly just seems like this freaking team forgets how to play um, on the road. And just facing an inferior opponent in the Knicks, they really... Barely got the job done, winning by three points. They actually trailed by one with like 35 seconds left. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like Al Horford uh, is having a down year, especially with Embiid taking over a lot of usage. I don't think Horford's used to that. He only had four points tonight on two of nine shooting. Ben Simmons has played better, but um, if he can't get out in transition... You know, via like a turnover, his half court game is very stalled out uh, for Philly. But they did get just their eighth road W of the year, improving to eight and fourteen on the road. I'm not even gonna really cover the Bulls Cleveland game because no one really gives a shit. And the Bulls won by two, one eighteen to one sixteen. I do want to mention that Zach Levine had forty two points, and he better be in the All Star game considering he's having a tremendous year and also in his home city. And he's hosting it. Next up, we had the Lakers in the marquee game on ABC against the Rockets. LeBron dropped 31, five boards, 12 assists. They took care of business as Danny Green, the sharpshooter, was 4 of 9 beyond the arc. And Kyle Kuzma added 23 points. But more importantly, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, a guy that is going to continue to give you quality minutes off the bench, played 34 in this one and had dropped 20 points while... You know, we see this two-man game from Houston in Harden's 34 points and Westbrook's 35, but it's just not suitable 
for the playoffs and it, and even the regular season at times against good opponents. Um, as P.J. Tucker, 35 minutes, 6 points. Clint Capella, 33 minutes, 8 points. Ben Macklemore, 24 minutes, 9 points. Eric Gordon, 30 minutes, 13 points. They just need to get other guys involved. It's not going to work out um, against good teams or against um, teams in the playoffs. So they got to figure that out. Orlando should have won this game later on. Um, against Golden State as they ended up taking the lead and you thought that was just about it in the fourth quarter. But D'Angelo Russell got hot. He dropped 26 points. And um, Markel Fultz continues to kind of ball out recently. 23-6-4 stat line on 10-14 shooting, something you're not accustomed to. But in the six minutes I watched this game, I saw Fultz shoot four times. They were all layups, so I'm not going to give too much weight into that shooting percentage. And I'd like to see Fultz do it across a two- to three-month span with everyone healthy, obviously DJ Augustine's absence, um, providing him with that extra playing time. But he's earned it recently, so you have to give him credit. OKC beat down Portland. Portland, obviously, with the back-to-back. As Gary Trent, uh, surprisingly, went off in this one. That's got to be a career high for him. 30 points, 12 of 18 shooting. Dame led the way with 34, but uh, Chris Paul was the man tonight, 34-7. and seven. And, you know, you saw OKC, once again, a team that is turning a lot of heads, especially for where they are at this point in the year. Five games over 500 um, at home. And uh, looking at the standings, like I said last night, they were, I think, sixth in the West. I want to see if that changed at all. They're seventh in the West. No, yeah, they were seventh before, sorry, as Houston sits at number six. Um, But they should be able to make the playoffs looking at the teams underneath them. And uh, I'm excited to see if OKC can possibly upset, you know, a team like the Clippers or uh, maybe Utah, someone like that. Our last game of the day was between the Kings and the Jazz, and there's not really a whole lot to break down here. Rudy Gobert, the walking double-double, had 28-15. and 15. Bogdanovich continues to shoot the ball tremendously this year and underrated and one of the better shooters in all of basketball this year with 30 points as Utah won the game by 22 points. Looking at any other news, I want to mention that Conor McGregor beat the shit out of um, Donald Cerrone, the cowboy guy, in 40 seconds at UFC 246. Um, I, the dude like broke his nose within 40 seconds, and I just feel bad for the people that pay $100 for pay-per-view. When I watched this fight three minutes after its conclusion on Twitter, so that was great. Um, Astros... Jose Altuve is confident in that quote, everything will be fine. But once again, like this dude clearly cheated. You can't tell me that you go into the clubhouse after you know hitting a walk-off home run in the World Series to win the World Series and also tell the team pretty adamantly to not tear your, tear your jersey. And then afterwards, cover it up by saying your wife got mad about it last time it happened. Pretty ridiculous, and a bunch of cocky um, players over there in Houston. Also, Odell Beckham Jr.'s cop slap-ass case, I guess you could call it, won't be pursued by um, you know the police crew out there. Um, you know, it was brought out that he had a, a warrant for his arrest via that situation, but it sounds like they kind of came to their senses, realized that. 
who knows? Odell could have been under the influence, or even I'm not saying that gives him a reason. Um, it's a very bad thing to say, I guess, because it's not gonna give him a reason because he was under the influence. But you know, LSU did just win the championship, and I don't think he meant any really harm by it when you watch the tape. But other than that, you know, I'm excited for NFL Sunday tomorrow. We got two great matchups once again. I would lean towards Tennessee plus seven and a half, and I'd hammer the hell out of San Francisco uh, buying the half at minus seven for my leans on those games. I do expect the Niners and Kansas City to face each other in the Super Bowl, but once again, if you're going to back Tennessee, I think you do it with the spread. Um, I would not be surprised if they won straight up. Uh, I will definitely not be betting that, but uh, I hope... We see Tennessee and uh, San Francisco play because I think that that collides, you know, two teams that want to do the same thing and run the ball with error-free play from their quarterback um, with good offensive lines. And uh, obviously the Niners' defense is better than the Titans, but, you know, two pretty solid defenses in general. Anyways, that's going to do it for me here on, I believe, the 15th episode, like I said before. And um, I appreciate you guys stopping by, listening to what I got to say, and I'll see you tomorrow on Sunday night.